News out of Miami is that Tropical Storm Don is rapidly losing steam. According to sources, it's because of a meeting Tropical Storm Don's son, Tropical Depression Don Jr., had with a thunderstorm claiming to represent Russian Tropical Storm Vladimir. Trip Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Uh, yes, here we are in the Trump Report playing a little game called Dr. Trump. It is the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt on Twitter hey, and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. To my left, camera right for those watching on YouTube, Brooks Elise at Brooks Elise TV. Thank you for uh, coming back and hanging out with us. Always happy to be here. Next to Brooke. Our old pal Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd two weeks in a row. Hello. Oh, no. Should we go for three next we week? Well, all right, wow. we'll see what Everybody happens. Calm Don't down. get me too excited. I, know. <laughs> I get excited. I, I know. know I'm excited. It, it's it's like if only Chelsea were here, we'd have everyone. But uh, <laughs> you know, crew. yeah, exactly. But then somebody has to be on the couch, and, and you know, that's the couch that's dissent. I, yeah. I would love to be on the couch. Well, it's you, very comfortable. There's no one on the couch dissenting right now, no. so we'd have to give it a different name. And on the end, <laughs> Scott Moore at S Man Eighty, and of course. Ooh. The show is at Trump Report ABTV. And uh, if you're in YouTube watching this right now, join us in the chat. And uh, Jimbo, if you could show us the chat when you have a moment, that would be fantastic. So the episode is called Dr. Trump because there are there are actually multiple reasons for that. The first is health care. Uh, basically what happened is that the wheels kind of started coming off the GOP Senate health care bill late last week. And now we have looked at a pretty much a full-blown train derailment, just to overextend the metaphor. Let's go through a little bit of the way this story developed. Uh, yesterday afternoon, at least Pacific time, we heard that uh, neither Mike Lee nor Jerry Moran of Kansas would vote for the Senate health care bill. So not really surprising. Mike Lee is one of those guys. And uh, Jerry Moran was just like, yeah, me neither. Uh, around 8 o'clock Eastern, though, Mitch McConnell released a statement, regretfully... It's now apparent that the effort to repeal and immediately immediately replace the failure of Obamacare will not be successful. And we'll kind of pause the proceedings right there. And I will start with uh, Drexel. When you heard that, were you upset? <laughs> were you shocked? Appalled? What was your reaction to that, Drexel? For people who don't know you, they might be surprised to hear how you reacted to this. I... I was none of that. I was not shocked at all. I think that um, when Susan Collins, we left off Susan Collins there. Mm -hmm. um, when Susan Collins said no, I feel like Republicans start to take the Marco Rubio stance on things. Like they wait till somebody else does mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. and then and then everybody else tries to join. Right, in. sort of a little bit later yeah. in the proceedings, right. we're going to get Murkowski yeah. and uh, Shelley Moore Capito as right. well. So, but, but Murkowski the, was the, already there the, kind of there. Yeah, exactly, Capito was already there. Dean Heller was already there. Right. He just didn't know what to say. He needed mm -hmm. a cover. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they were trying to cover Dean Heller. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this go and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit, but this goes to show that, you know, for a long time, as a Democrat, Democrats used to be like, Democrats at least recently have been like, Nancy Pelosi needs to go. Well, at least Nancy Pelosi can keep her people in line. It's and, a great point. And, yeah. and, and, and Mitch McConnell has a hard time 
doing his job. His job is to keep his caucus in line. And, and I think the, the biggest challenge, obviously, that McConnell faces is literally the razor-thin margin that he right. has to work with. The, he couldn't lose two more, and then once he had it, it was over. You know, if he had a slightly, you know, sturdier base of Republicans, which I'm sure Drexel is not counting on that anytime soon, <laughs> that would make it a lot easier. But yeah, basically, once one or two people go, I mean, the here's the thing. That, you know, the Democrats are able to be very partisan, especially when it comes to President Obama's signature legislation. I'm sure there are certainly other issues that you might be able to get a couple defectors, but this this isn't it. And if they think that the health care bill was kind of a problem for them, they just released their, ta- their, their budget and their tax plan, that's going to be even worse for them. They're not even going to budge on that because you've got people like Rand Paul and Mike Lee and all these other guys who are going to do the exact same thing they're doing now, but on the budget side. So basically, they're not going to be doing anything. And I think there was an article out today that said that this was the most unproductive Congress in 164 I, years. I so, saw that same article. So, right. By know, the way, I'm pretty sure... Every Congress, probably the last 15 years, is actually given us the stats of we're the least productive. So right. I think it's a, it's a very bipartisan. There's but one thing you, that they do well together, be unproductive. But if you can be the least productive in your first six months, you are doing <laughs> something. Winning. You're, winning. you're winning. You are winning, winning. for sure. That, that's a very They're winning point. at losing. Yeah. Uh, Scott, yes. uh, your thoughts sort of before before we get to the next step in these proceedings, when the it was really starting to break that it wasn't going to happen and McConnell actually said this. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, was there was there a modest yippee or there was a modest yippee? But you know, going back to last week, I mentioned that this was not going to pass in its in its present form. There was no way it's going to pass. And here's the problem with this healthcare bill: it's worse than instead of fixing the flaws of Obamacare, it's worse. And and the thing is, going back to when Obamacare first came out, it was based on a conservative healthcare plan from the Heritage Foundation from Romney Care in Massachusetts. So it's already a right healthcare bill. So there is no way that anything that they could come up with was going to be any better that was going to appease everybody in the Republican Party. You can't have it both ways. You can't have great healthcare for everyone like Trump claimed and still be able to cut taxes and Medicaid and everything else that Republicans want to do and that the conservative base wants. You can't have it both ways. So you're going to have a worse plan and there's no way they're ever no matter what they try to do are they ever going to be able to have a better plan than what they had with Obamacare in in the sense of keeping those people on insurance keeping the Medicaid out there and still being able to cut taxes and have what the base is going to want and without losing people off the insurance rolls it's yeah not I mean happen. I think having to appease both moderates just and conservatives happen. whereas Democrats at least so far have had a little bit of an easier time with that obviously right. I mean it's just never going to happen and, yeah. and no matter what they do and that's why they're finding that out and it's very easy to go through all the time and do the symbolic no votes when Obama was president knowing that he was going to veto it regardless then they actually come up with a plan. They've had seven years. They thought they were going to lose the uh, presidential election 16. They never came up with a viable plan. And trying to repeal it and then replace it later is not going to work either because that's going to put too much uncertainty in the markets. It's never going to happen with that. So they really should just admit defeat and move on and then eventually yeah. be able to come up with a better well, plan. Well, I do want to move on to that, but Drexel, you, you actually wrote something down. So it's a very important They were like, Drexel's taking notes. I just didn't want to, <laughs> I just didn't want to forget certain things in my head like that I just wanted to like bring up because there's a couple of really... like Tom Cotton today 
in in January said, you know, we don't want to vote for something that you can that that doesn't have a replacement behind it. Mm-hmm. Then today he was like, well, the same senators who voted for the same repeal last year can't not vote for this new repeal next week. So that was a little weird that Tom Cotton decided to flip on what he said uh, just a few months ago. And then Donald Trump said that he thought that the House health care bill was mean, yet this new mm-hmm. plan that Mitch McConnell is going into mm-hmm. is even meaner. And so you're like, hmm, 22 million people versus 32 million people. Right. What is more mean, Mr. President? So I, I'm actually just surprised that Republicans have been boohooing about not being able to govern for the seven for the last seven years or whatever. They have this opportunity just to do a tremendous opportunity, a by huge the way. opportunity yeah. to take what uh, Governor Sandoval in Nevada has been doing, mm-hmm. which is to take Obamacare and make it into a Republican esque workable plan for the state of Nevada, which is why he's one of the strongest governors against right. anything that's coming out. And so I think that the Republicans, for their sake, should learn from what the Republican governors are doing right, exactly. about about, about the Affordable Care Act in their own states. Right. If they believe, if Republicans believe in states' rights, they need to trust the governors across the country. Right. And the governors across the country are telling them, you cannot vote for this. Right, and that's like John Kasich in Ohio and even right. Charlie Baker in Massachusetts and you see these governors that are keeping the Medicaid expansions there and how it's working with their state residents there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a little cooperation amongst the senators as mm-hmm. well because of course when they decided to vote on the repeal they 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 had 13 of the guys. They didn't let any of the right. women. And mm-hmm. then these women, you know, Capito, Collins, and Murkowski came back strong mm-hmm. and said, nope, we're not going to allow this to happen, which right. I was very happy and proud to see them standing up for what they believe in and what they know is good for their constituents. Now, if they could learn to get together and all think um, a little more strategically together, then maybe... Well, they could they could they could leverage the the fellas. Uh, now, Brooke, I wanted to actually start with you on sort of the next step in the process, which was, well, we can't repeal and replace, despite how many times that was offered. So let's just go ahead and repeal mm-hmm. and, well, fuck it, we'll just see what happens yeah. after that. <laughs> right, and, and, uh, and of course. These- you're going to get less support for that mm-hmm. than repeal and replace. Obviously. Right. I mean, it was a last-ditch effort. Yeah. Right. Great great for trying. That, it was like a Hail Mary where you actually didn't throw the ball. You just sort of went, and for people listening on iTunes, I just flung nothing. And we're <laughs> right, like, right. oh, hey, that didn't go anywhere. Right. And it was, it was, I was, I have to admit, I was a little surprised that they were actually even going to go, but that's just how desperate it was. Right. And and then, like I said, once these three ladies said, you know, it's dead in the water for Mm -hmm. us, I think it was Senator Robert also, which is the fourth one, who said, no, it's not going to happen. I mean, I could have foresaw foresaw that, but... I yeah. think Mitch McConnell just they, threw his they hands wanted up in to go air. from something mm-hmm. mean to, like you said, even meaner. Even meaner. Give, mm-hmm. give a last ditch effort, and it didn't happen. Well, so. let's talk for a minute about what the ramifications would be if somehow, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's just, the hypothetical, if they've been able to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fine. We'll just go ahead and we'll repeal it and not worry about replacing it. I mean, obviously, you sort of have problems in the private market. Uh, you're trying to you know, halt all of a sudden some Medicaid expansion. And I guess it's an additional 14 million Americans that uh, all of a sudden are like, yeah, nothing for you. So I think that it was, you know, look, they tried to make a plan that people didn't agree on, but this was just like, 
you know, it really is like you had you know less than a minute left on the clock, and you're just going to do something. I, and you I hand think, it to the one guy that's on the bench, and yeah. <laughs> just go for it. Right. Yeah. Your mom hasn't seen you play all year. <laughs> and that's go Ted Cruz, by yeah. the way. Yeah. If anybody here knows Ted, Ted Cruz is the dad ball. who helped plot to assassinate right. Fidel right. Castro. Right. Hasn't yeah, seen him play all right. season. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I so I, I just you know wasn't surprised that people didn't take it, but I was like, is he really saying that, you know, out loud? And go figure, uh, President Trump, very upset, but he did <laughs> he did agree and said, this is a quote, Republicans should just repeal failing Obamacare now and work on a new health care plan that will start from a clean slate. And he could have stopped right there. But he said, Dems will join in. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's elaborated <laughs> he's so on that, confident. basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're going to just sort of let it fail. And there are some ways mm-hmm. where legitimately they can kind of... It's like a very small leak in the air mattress that mm-hmm. is Obamacare. Just a little pinprick where if they just don't enforce things, they don't support it, it can actually yeah. basically die the way but it's the, talking about. But the, but, but the problem is, is that Republican governors across the country who... You can't go... The Republican governors who did not have their states buy into the Affordable Care Act, we're already there. You mm-hmm. can't you can't make it worse because those Republican right. governors who have already expanded mm-hmm. uh, Medicaid and Medicare in their states, they're already there. So mm-hmm. when he says it's gonna that he's just gonna let it fail, it's at it's at the point where it can't get any worse. Right. And um, you know, he tries to pretend like he's not gonna own it and Oh yeah, I, I, I which tweeted I thought back was to very that funny. which I said you own it and so does the GOP so, every right. single bit of it. Don't even I think I saw yeah. it. But, but the other side of that is he you know, this is where I had my little Twitter war mm-hmm. this morning. Ooh, tell us all because about it was just about like I was like, how Where did you how, get into a Twitter war? I, you know, I, I civilians. You can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter at Drexelhurd and find out who I was beefing with this morning. But um, it was just about like the civics lesson that Donald Trump does not like. That Donald Trump doesn't understand basic civics. No. For him to be like, oh well, you know, the, they only need eight more senators mm-hmm. to pass. You're like, what? That's not how. This That's works. what I actually wrote him on that too. I said you need to go back That's, and take a this civics is, class. This is how it works. <laughs> and then and then the person who trolling. I said who you know came at me was like, well, he's just trying to get a rise out of you. I said, no, you're not. You're not trying to get a rise out of me. No. I just want my president to understand. Basic, basic civics right. and yeah, how and things work. He's in the place where he could learn mm-hmm. from a whole bunch of people. They mm-hmm. could just give him civics one on one, like a one sheet. Yep. Like here's what happens, and he should be fine. Mm-hmm. And big yeah. font, big PowerPoint, font. that and pictures. That's pictures. just <laughs> getting him to concede that there are people that know more than he does, which I, I don't no. think he believes. So he's like, no, no, this oh, this is what we're going to do. Now, one interesting thing that I heard was John Cornyn said that uh, the, he says that there's going to be a vote later this week. Um, and he Cornyn. said that earlier today. <laughs> I don't know if he's still saying that now, but um, I'm going to just guess no. Because, you know, part of the thing we left out of all of this was the first real uh, crack was the fact that John McCain wasn't going to be able to mm-hmm. vote. And obviously, you know, look, a lot of people, you can say what you want about John McCain, but uh, you obviously want him to be healthy and doing well. And, uh, you know, again, whatever you think of his politics, the man is an American hero. You know, he spent six years 
literally in a cage in Vietnam and he could have been set free after a couple months, but he didn't because he stayed with his men. Mm -hmm. And whatever he's done since then almost doesn't matter to me. It matters a little bit, but almost doesn't matter. He's sometimes very rational. Yeah, and and of course they're working under the assumption that he was going to vote for this. That's what I'm saying. Right now I was just like that wasn't a slam dunk. Yeah, when he had amendments to it, and you know, the interesting point they brought up is how much someone would have to pay for his surgery and recuperation (coughs) if they Mm -hmm. didn't have insurance coverage and it was something like $75,000. You know, he knows so exactly that's down would, to the point. He but. would actually give his crusty vote. Is that what <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's that. Just, that you know, and I said this early yesterday. Um, I had a little tweet storm last night too, mm-hmm. um, just about what Democrats can do in this situation and how you know I'm I've been super critical about about the messaging from the DNC for years, mm-hmm. and this is the time where the DNC could have been running ads in Arizona about healthcare in Arizona, what it would cost, what your senators get versus what you would get and then run those ads in different places mm-hmm. and then be good and then craft that message but they're not doing that. No, and that's and my uh, one of my Republican friends on Twitter was saying the same thing as like, you know, that's why the D's are out of power because, you know, they have had not a very good messaging right now. And I said, it's true, although the R's are doing a pretty good job as of late with their messaging, which yeah. hasn't been that great. But it is true is that there has not been a cohesive message and they're not targeting the people that they should be targeting, especially right now with the, this very important ads. And, and again, yeah, same thing. Like the senators are going to be exempt from this health care plan conveniently for them. They're going to have yeah. their own Cadillac plans while the rest of the people they were voting on were going to have to you know, be cut. Cattle. So would you say that mm-hmm. the the Democrats are losing focus because of Russia? <laughs> Russiagate? No, but so I always go back to people and say, go back to 2009 as well and look at where the GOP was and they were very <laughs> rhetorless in 2009. They were out of power in Washington and so there is an ebb and flow and it doesn't mean that, that the Democrats can't come back. The problem is they're not taking advantage of these really big gaffes right now that the Republicans are basically handing them left and right and they should be taking advantage of that right now and they Mm -hmm. have not been um whereas the republicans were sort of out i just feel like the leadership is not really there either it goes right back to the ineffective congress being a bipartisan issue you know nobody's really getting anything done nobody's taking advantage of the opportunities that have been afforded to them scott you're on record as saying you know just moments ago that they're not going to be able to put something together and they're seeming to concede that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me start with Brooke. Do you feel like Republicans would be able to put some kind of, I don't even mean this week like John Cornyn says, <laughs> do you think it's possible that they can put something together that they can at least get the four to eight more votes they may or may not need? Oh, Lord. I mean, anything is possible, mm-hmm. right? But in reality, no, I actually don't because you have a handful that are on such ends of the spectrum. And so I feel like Rand Paul's not going to be... I don't know if they can really meet in the middle. When you, I, I when you have, yeah. like, Rand Paul and, you know, some of the other senators we mentioned, it's very difficult. You know, if Rand Paul was one of 12, you know, it, it mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be a big deal. But that you... It's really just a couple of people and then... There would have to be some it. major concessions made yeah. on and, both I, sides. And I would say, two things. Like, the reason why the House passed it is because they knew they were going to give the dirty work to the Senate. So that's why they could easily just kind of... Right. Like, hey, easily, we did our job. They did it, yeah. and they're like, okay, yeah. now they have to do the dirty work. But also say the clock is ticking, because the longer they take to come up with a viable plan, now they're getting too close to the 18 midterms. And people are up for re-election, and they're not going to want to put anything out there that's going to be toxic, mm-hmm. that's going to affect them. So they actually have a pretty limited clock to be able to do something before they're out until after the midterms. 
And in order to do concessions that you feel like Rand Paul's going to agree, I always feel like every time he's like, no more drone strikes, mm -hmm. no more NSA. Like, he always has, like, five things. He's like, you got to take care of all that, and then I'll vote for anything you want to. And it's always it's always his big ticket items, right. you know, the things that no one's going to budge on. So I, I kind of uh, have to agree that I don't see, like, we're going to get much movement in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have uh, Lady Goth in the chat. She said they should be shouting out the bullshit the Republicans have been passing at how... It damages the common person. <laughs> Russia is an idea. Make it personal for them. And which that's something I've said many times on the show. And Chelsea will sometimes get upset. It's easy to talk about because she's not here. Where I'm just like, <laughs> I'll take up for you, Chelsea. Don't, don't worry so much about Russia. And I, whenever I say that, I don't mean give up. But it's like it just—it's all you hear about. It's, but I also, it's don't, everybody I also so focused don't think on that it. it's not necessarily the Democrats. Like they get asked these questions and they just kind of answer them and mm -hmm. and you know yeah the, the the message has like right now from what I understand the party is trying to figure out the message so mm -hmm. I, that's why I don't think you hear much as much messaging uh, conversations right now um, but I think that the person I can't remember what his name is but he's running against Paul Ryan in Wisconsin first oh yeah, yeah. and to Lady Goth's uh, point. You know, he put out his first ad was super personal because mm -hmm. he has like his mom. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the actually, blue collar. The blue collar. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what his name is. Some, I'm sure somebody will um, correct me in the chat room. But um, you know, it was a super personal ad, and I think that those are the types of ads that the Democrats have to, if, especially in the flyover states. Those are the types of ads that are actually going to make the most, um, the most. Impact, but on you know in the New York and then in the L.A. and all of you know in our areas, yeah. I mean, if you go on Facebook, yeah, all the people are talking about is kind of Russia because that's what's in the news right now. It's not even like Democrats; it's like the news is talking about Russia because every day mm -hmm. it's you know, hard not to. It's like when mm -hmm. we talked about Hillary Clinton and her emails, and it was mm -hmm. like a slow drip of emails. This is a slow drip of Russia like every day. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at this point, Republicans are getting a taste of what we had to kind of listen to for six months of emails coming out. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. you you think that you think that the emails that didn't have anything going on in them are bad. And now you've got a lot of this other Russia stuff that's coming out every day. And it's not going away. Either. And well, it's not going as away. Much as they I'm, wish it and would. it shouldn't. I'm no, glad you mentioned but. Hillary Clinton because I wanted to move on to some recent polling that I feel uh, will get an interesting reaction from the other end of the table. Uh, according to a Bloomberg poll released earlier today, President Trump mm -hmm. is more favorable than Hillary Clinton by two percentage points, 41% to 39 Of course, the inverse of that is 58% unpopular to 55% unpopular. Now, you can dispute the numbers and say, of course, they're within the margin of error, but the point is, wow, those numbers are really close for a guy that Democrats say, look at the awful job that he's doing. And I think that the idea of this guy's so terrible, he would do such a bad job, there's no way he could get reelected is kind of how he got elected in the first place. So to the point <coughs> of what we were talking about, it's important to understand what happened in the first place because you don't need to convince Drexel, Scott, Chelsea, and I'll speak for Brooke, and you don't, you don't need to convince any of you guys and ladies to not vote for Donald Trump in 2020. What you need to do <laughs> is convince Storage Yard resident Stephen Helmkamp, just a shout out, because I like to mention him every week. One day he'll be back just on. I don't know if he actually voted for him, though. 
I don't know if I don't he know. I think he, voted, I think he voted, voted for no yeah. one. Yeah. It, is shareable Texas a, a Republican? I don't think shareable Texas no. is. I like yeah. him a lot, by the way. I really Even like the, that comment he, you made earlier. Shareable Texas. <laughs> I'm from Texas. What about the about the white spot on my eyebrow? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I hit my head like four years ago. But anyway, uh, but that's kind of the point. It's like so you know the actual poll isn't even really that important. No, it's just part of the conversation where you know people are still talking about how much they don't like her. But, I, but I also think that from that poll, I, I mean, I didn't look like at the, you know, the trickle down, like who they were talking to or whatever. But I also think that you're coming off of a primary where, where there are a lot of right now there's still a lot of us versus them, a lot of Hillary versus Bernie. So if you're if you're talking to uh, a, a wing of the party and you're polling them and they're part of that question and answer where in, in a normal year Democrats would be like well yeah Hillary Clinton's super popular right. well but, uh, yeah and I would say to that end too I, it, because we just came off a very contested election and we all know she had a lot of baggage which is why mm-hmm. she didn't win because mm-hmm. if she didn't there, we wouldn't be having this conversation those, those uh, midwestern states wouldn't have flipped uh, Florida, North Carolina all the states that flipped if the fact was she didn't have baggage but also the point is she's not running and if you also look, if we're talking about polls, and we look at all the generic Democrats and all the matchups with other Democrats right now against him, it's more than 10 points except for, I think, Kamala Harris. Right. It was like a one-point margin of error. So mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, you know, polls, especially at this point, don't really mean anything right. Right. until you're actually running. And also, I'd have to say, I don't even know if he's going to be up for re-election in 2020, depending right. on what happens with Russia, or if he gets primaried uh, right. and that's, he's very that's unpopular. That's sort of like how every week I mention Stephen. Every right. week you say that you don't think he'll be I, on the ballot I don't, in 2020. I, I don't, actually. And I think, I, uh, I, I also either. think that if he continues to tank, if he even... Even as we've always talked about every week, if he doesn't have the think he's going to win, if he he's not thinks he run. won't win, he won't run. He will not if run he's, if he's sure he won't. If win. If there's enough Republicans that are now against him, and he's still, you know, not has has been cleared about the Russian queer or whatever, you know, he could very easily have a rival in the in the primaries in 2020, much like Reagan uh, rivaled Ford in '76 and really damaged him um, when he was running in the general against Carter. But it, it could very easily happen. So it's it's. It doesn't really well, mean much. And you know, I think that you're point. still going to see, like we talked about Governor Sandoval earlier. Mm-hmm. If Governor Sandoval runs, he will he will win the Republican nominee. Like at this point, if, if the right. do you think the, if he ran against a a Trump who was running for reelection, you think in the primaries he would win? I think so. I think yeah. that if you had that message of listen, the Democrats are terrible, and yeah, we don't want them to win. But here's what I did in my state: mm-hmm. I expanded Medicaid while cutting this, 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 and this, and this. I protected the state of Nevada from an immigration standpoint. In, in a growing blue state, <laughs> in, a, in a blue I mean, state, if he's rational, if he's rational. <laughs> yeah. and, which is and, what and, Trump and, is not. You know, and and he might be a little bit different than say a John Kasich who is running against in a field of a really crowded field. You know, John Kasich. Like, if you look at the numbers, John Kasich couldn't pull. Mm-hmm. Nobody could pull the numbers they needed. If Donald Trump wasn't in, like if there weren't that many people, yeah, John Kasich probably would have been the Republican nominee. If the Republicans are smart, they won't have 13 people running. They'll yeah, have, well, they they'll wouldn't have anyway, four, in a, four a or five theory. people running. Right. Democrats will be smart to do the same thing, right. to not have mm-hmm. 13 people running, but to probably find your core, get everybody together, be like, it listen. It would be hard to imagine 13 Democrats that could do the adequate amount of fundraising. You, we you, have to find 13 get, Democrats at this point. I just read a story that I guess Soros had a little meeting and they were kind of conspiring to put Kamala 
at mm-hmm. the helm as as the potential future candidate. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I wanted to go back to the GOP polling or the polling really quickly. As an independent, I know you guys don't know that. That's what I am. As I a just registered, As a registered voter. <laughs> she says in her bright blue shirt that mm-hmm. she's wearing. Mm-hmm. As a <laughs> registered, <laughs> registered voter. No, um, no, I do have there. to say regarding Clinton, I mean, I'm not surprised that, that she's polling at that level. Mm-hmm. Because, and I don't want to hurt any feelings here, I mean, she did have a lot of baggage. I think she needs to just stay where she is and be done with it. Yeah. And I think that now that we have President Trump, I just hate saying that, but um, now that Trump we have... actually doesn't say I don't it. say it either, actually. I, I now that we have Trump it. as president, um, you know, they continue to bash her. And then we continue to see these things like the Loretta, mm-hmm. Loretta Lynch finding when Comey was on stand. and mm-hmm. And so... It's like it's she is the punching bag and she will remain. And I just think that she's probably just done and better that way. It's interesting that that Republicans would go after continue to go after Hillary Clinton when they should be setting their sights on Democrats across the country. So you would Mm -hmm. think that from a tactic perspective, like don't make don't make Hillary Clinton the boogeyman. Like she's Mm -hmm. not come. She's not. But no one's comparable to her baggage. If they're doing something wrong, who can they find that's doing something as wrong? Only Hillary Clinton. Clinton is is the person that they can compare. If anything that this conversation will do on September 12th, when Hillary Clinton's memoir drops, right? <laughs> it will make I pre-ordered. The, I which thought, I pre-ordered. I thought September twelfth was when political culture was coming back. So I thought that's September fifth. So you're having Hillary Clinton's coming back. Could you imagine? You're going to do the predictions out. like, like um, many AfterBuzz shows. Predictions right. for what will be in the memoir. Right. But but like you know, it would only make that memoir stronger. And you know, I said the other day, I said I really hope that it's a really good burn yeah, book. Yeah, I hope so too. Like, that's all uh, I, I want from I, Hillary Clinton. I want sure, the Hillary Clinton that yeah, we've seen yes. over the past few months in a book. Let's put it this way. It's a much better book than if she had been elected president because, oh, well, yeah. first of all, it wouldn't have come out now. Right. But second of all, it's uh, you get to say a lot more things. Yeah. And, and if people think that she is not going to try to set the tone for 2020 by calling some people out in her book... <laughs> Like, I would be like, mm-hmm. let me tell you about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> let me tell you what it was really like. Let me tell you what it was like about this person, this person. That's what I would do. I if think I was Hillary Clinton, I, I was just on the sideline. I think somehow mm-hmm. I just heard Chelsea yelling in Washington, D.C. when you mentioned Bernie. You can hear uh, her still from here. Sort of tying a couple <laughs> things together. Uh, we're talking about some polling. We're talking about governors. I read a really interesting article today that uh, it, it was called 71, 68, 62. And I'll explain what those numbers are. Those are the approval ratings of Republican governors. Charlie Barker in Massachusetts. Right. Larry Larry Hogan in Maryland, mm-hmm. Phil Scott in Vermont. And I find those to be very interesting approval ratings because they're, you know, especially the 71, you know, 62, 68, those are mm-hmm. all impressive approval ratings for three of the bluest states yep. in the whole country. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to get the thoughts from the panel. And I'll start with Scott. Why do you think Republican governors are so popular, including in Democrats' own backyard? Uh, because I, I think it, it, it kind of goes back to in general when I when we talk about personalities, and um, you know even at the state level when it comes to governors, you end up having a lot of people end up winning because of their personality that you wouldn't think. Because right now there's Jim Justice, the Democrat in West Virginia, which Trump carried by 63 points. Um, so you do get these these <clears throat> kind of flips that do happen. I mean Mitt Romney was governor of Massachusetts, a very obviously very blue state, in, in about 12 years ago. Uh, but Charlie Baker. To be a Republican governor in a very blue state, you have to obviously be very moderate. Like, Charlie Baker never supported Trump. 
Uh, it does not, you know, stand up for anything that Trump stands for, and you, you can't do that. The other inter uh, interesting thing about Vermont, though, is they do their governor elections every two years. So they have a lot more variability. The population is very small. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to be able to flip from one, you know, party to the other because it's it's very small. But that's generally how it works in a lot of these uh, liberal blue states for electing. You have to be moderate. Plus, Larry Hogan's it, but, an outlier, but actually. To, to Vermont surprised. for a second, though. Plus, in Vermont, there aren't as many Democrats in the state of Vermont as people might think. Like Bernie Sanders, yeah. they're independents. There are a lot of independents, yeah. exactly. But so in Vermont, you also don't you also don't run in a party. I don't. You, in, no, in you, municipal, you, not municipal, but right. statewide, you still do. But the fact is, is every two years, like New Hampshire, so you you can switch a lot easier, and there's not so much. Um, and again, you you cannot be a a conservative. You can't be the same type of Republican that you'd be in Alabama, let's say, that you're going to be in in uh, Massachusetts and in Vermont. So those states, and they do tend to, you know, what they call the Rockefeller Republicans. Those are those Northeastern Republicans, and it's like the Susan Collins of Maine mm -hmm. and the Olympia Snow of Maine when she was there. It's uh, it's the, the more moderate, the ones that are going to appeal about with more of the conservative fiscal responsibility but be more liberal socially. Um, and that's how they end up winning. I'm surprised that Larry Hogan actually has such high approval ratings considering Maryland is like the bluest state in the entire uh, country. And Larry Hogan actually isn't so moderate in a lot of things. So uh, it'll be interesting it's to see what happens. It's a bluer state than Oregon because to me that's... No, Oregon's actually that not a... that blue, believe it or not. Interesting. Well, no. there are a lot of woods. So you, know, you, have, you have a lot <laughs> of people in, in, not, in yeah. cabins where they're you know off the grid and stuff yeah, like Maryland that. Yeah, Maryland had one of the right. highest uh, for, for Hillary in, in 2016. Interesting. Uh, Drexel. I think there's a... I'm going to go a different route um, and talk about where Democrats stand on issues. Mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot more Democrats generally, at least in my conversations with the Democrats, uh, Democrats generally are obviously socially liberal and will be stay on that spectrum forever. But when you talk about economic things. If I'm looking at my paycheck or my friends looking at their paycheck, they're like, man, why do I have to pay so many taxes mm -hmm. on things? And it's a, it's a very conflicted thing in their head. It's why do I have to pay so much taxes? But why can't I have single payer universal health care? And so I think that you that that they're looking at their paycheck mm -hmm. first with their right brain, and then they're looking at how can I help people with their left brain. But at the end of the day, in private, they are looking at their right brain, being like, "This is or, you know, this is where I want my." Uh, at the end of the day, it's my paycheck. Right. And so I, I, I want people to be helped, but I don't want to pay for it. I don't personally want to pay for it. And that is always going to be the hardest sell. Like, we can talk about, you know, here in California, we're obviously having a big debate on, on single-payer health care and, and bringing that forward. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's, 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 it's universally across Democrats across California. Everybody's, yes, how can we, you know, we need single-payer health care in, in California. But then it's like, well, then how do you pay for it? How do you tell the people of California that you're going to take another $4 billion in taxes away from them and then explain that to, to Democrats across the country. And again, that's going to be a, a situation where Democrats are going to have to decide, do you help people? Which is what fundamentally right. it is. Or do does my paycheck matter? And I think that when you get in, you get these Republican governors in these blue states, they're saying, I'm going to help you. However, I'm also not going to raise right, taxes. Exactly. And it's not going to help you as much as you think it's going to help you, but I'm going to put keep some money in your pocket. So then, then on the right brain, they're like, I like that too. Yeah. Uh, but I would say just bottom line, it does come down, especially for states, it comes to personality too. Because you've got like Steve Bullock, Democrat, governor of Montana. Uh, a lot of it does come down to personality and who was running against them in the campaign. And uh, so it's more than, uh, than people now, although we are becoming more of a strict party line vote, especially in federal elections. 
in state elections, you still do see the, the cult personality went out when it comes to a lot of these elections. And they can tend to be quirkier, like the Jim Justice of West Virginia, when <coughs> a billionaire Democrat wins. You know, he owns the Greenbrier Resort out there in West Virginia, but he wins as a Democrat versus a Republican. So it's it, it gets a little quirkier when you come to... And, and those, I just like to... Elections. I just want to say this last point, because I think that one of the things that I see often, too, and I know it's happening in the chat room right now about Kamala Harris, is that there's never going to be a Democrat there's never going to be a Republican. There's never going to be a politician that's going to be squeaky clean on where their money comes from. Of course. So you can just get and get right. that. You just get that yeah. out can't of your brain right exactly. now. Yeah. You just can't get elected like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, know, you know, I could look at, you know, we could have this conversation about Bernie Sanders and I could say, I could tell you how much money the defense industry pumped into Bernie Sanders because of all those planes that he got for Vermont. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in Bernie in, in, in Vermont. So you're never just you're just never going to have that that politician that is Someone going will, to be. Yeah, so, always be able to make a connection too between the money and then right. say oh she oh, or she my, is oh. being influenced right. because I right. mean you have to raise money you right. have to campaign right. and get money and, 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 if, if, and if Democrats if, if far left Democrats or certain Democrats are going to take that position then Democrats will always always lose yep. and you will always have somebody who's far worse on the issues that you that you care about mm-hmm. in the office because you're too selfish to realize what actually matters in the grand scheme of things right and, and that's what's going to happen with campaign finance reform you're always going to have you're going to have to raise money and it's going to have to come right. somewhere and it's unfortunate but it happens because you know uh, let me tell you you're not going to your 27 dollars mm-hmm. is not going to happen every month Mm-mm. because you're too busy worried about the right brain mm-hmm. because you can't pay because you want to pay for, it well, just can't happen like speaking about these republican governors though having such great polling numbers i also think and this might be a very broad statement and this might simplify it a little simplify it a little bit but i think that when they compare these Repu- this republic these republican leaders to their ultimate republican <laughs> leaders it's right. all relative honey right? right it's like you have this irrational unprofessional um, extreme president and then you have your governor who's republican and is doing so much of a better job because anyone's going to be more rational and more professional and have and offer better options so then that's a, it's an interesting point it's mm-hmm. almost like it helps some of the down ticket republicans exactly. to have him up at the top and right. like, we're not like that you know, we're the kind of Republicans you He has you lowered want. the standards, not just for Republican <laughs> leaders, but for... The presidency. But before the presidency, <laughs> even for the, for society, I'm sorry to say, you know, if, if a child, my daughter, my daughter does something wrong, she can say, well, look at Trump, he lies. Right. She's right. six. Right. Actually, she says it all the time. She's like, does, blame it on Trump. Does, it's our funny thing. Does she uh, tweet about it at three in the morning to sort she of does. explain? She does. She, she, steals she her does phone. have a Snapchat, <laughs> and she does. So yeah, potentially. I do. I do want to. And one quick question from yeah. Brooke, yeah. and we'll get to that. Uh, as our independent, as a Texan, <laughs> realistically, <laughs> what? How close do you think we are to there being a? Democratic, just senator. Uh, no, sorry, Democratic governor for the state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not enough. People. Have you seen our past governors? That's what I was going to say. There's not enough people that can if live in Austin. We elected Rick Perry, okay? Right. Well, in the past. Greg Abbott right now right. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. so, I mean, that, the, and that's kind of the reason I mentioned it because there, there. I remember rumblings that like, oh, could Texas be in play? And like, no, Texas is never in play. You know, I wish we have the the Castro brothers in Texas. Sure, that's true. Not and the. People, no. 
Ravel and Castor. Well, no, Castor. Fidel and Ravel and Castor. Not those Castor, but yeah, Julian and Ravel. Not those Castros. I'm sure you guys know who, who I'm talking about. And, you know, one could only hope and wish because um, they're both very capable, of course. But I just don't foresee it for quite some time. Yeah, but especially next with decade, for sure. It is definitely going to be playing. And I wasn't even saying game. win, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm okay. saying it will be. Like, I'm, I'm also somewhat removed. Yes, born and raised in Texas. Lived be. there for 18 years. Now I'm in California. Mm. No, um, it, it, I, it will be by but the next Ted decade. But Ted Cruz has a, a challenger mm-hmm. who seems to be pretty popular, who's not a Castro brother, which, I, you know, when Julian mm-hmm. Castro said he wasn't running, mm-hmm. I think we all were like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that he has a pretty good challenger. And, and I think if a Senate seat flips... That will make way for a, a Democratic governor. I oh, think that it has to start in this with the with the Senate with the Senate seat. But like everything else, there's, the pendulum's going to swing. You know, up until the '90s, they had regularly had Democratic governors in Texas, and up until the early 2000s, Democratic governors all over the South, and it slowly flipped over. I mean, yeah, over. there was hope and, back then. And, yeah. but, you know, and like Ann Richards. Wendy exactly. I know, I loved her. Uh, but, okay. you know, it's eventually going to shift back the other direction. Right now, the Republicans are at peak power right now, and they keep talking about, oh, we're just going to keep getting more things. Well, they're really at their peak now when it comes to governorships and other things, and that's, the tide's going to start turning 18 as we got 39 states up for governorships. We've got if a lot of senators. If y'all keep tripping. A lot of senators, <laughs> a lot of local, you know, starting from the ground up in the state houses across the country, and uh, it's definitely, you know, it's 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 going to be changing. I wanted to point out this one, this, one, yes. this one polling piece. One of the things that came out in that PPP polling uh, mm-hmm. that came out today that said Mike Pence was less popular mm-hmm. than Donald Trump yes. as a generic, as a Republican, mm-hmm. And I'm like, what I are know. these Republicans smoking on? Mike Pence is holding doors, holding fire truck doors for Donald <laughs> well, Trump, and he still can't be more you know, popular. That, that, He's not even doing that anything. That ties back to something that Scott said earlier, is that Republicans can't have it both ways, and if there's somebody who doesn't believe in people having it both ways, it's Mike Pence. Mm-hmm. He prays on oh, it yeah. every night. <laughs> uh, you know, look, there are so many more pressing stories we could delve into uh, during our waning moments here, but instead... Believe it or not, we have a valid reason to talk about something I never would have expected to talk about on the Trump Report, and Drexel knows what this is because we're talking about it on Facebook, Um. Doctor Who. Now, Sunday, the BBC announced that the next lead actor on the show, which has been on for 54 years, Mm -hmm. will be Jodie Whittaker, a woman. People were immediately outraged. Uh, outrage that this would forever ruin the legacy of a show that has rubber-faced monsters, cardboard sets, and special effects that make Lost in Space look like Avatar. (laughs) Now, I've had a lot of people say they can't imagine how anyone would be upset. And I would say those are people who, one, don't understand Twitter, two, don't understand nerds, as of which I am very proud to say I am one. You need to understand this is a segment of the population who was outraged that a male character was cast as a woman in a reboot of Battlestar Galactica, which was a garbage <laughs> la- late 70s sci-fi cowboy show ripoff of Star Wars, which I loved and have seen every episode of. But people get so upset any kind of change, but especially when the change is a girl. What? They're going to ruin oh, anything. Goodness. And I'll, of course, point out that Doctor Who was created by a woman. Her name was Sydney, Sydney Newman. And their director was a gay Indian man. So it was obviously, it was a strangely progressive show. Ms. Newman said that they should cast a woman back in 1986. So the reason why I mention this is because part of this conversation, and I saw Drexel get wrapped up into this, and that's why I was like, yeah, let's talk about this <laughs> on the show. It included the notion that it was done for PC reasons. Now, I do think that there was increasing pressure. And let me explain. This isn't 
Something that I would have a problem with is casting, not, and not even a huge problem, but I would have trouble wrapping my head around casting a woman to play James Bond. Because that should be, how about Jane Bond or something different. This is an alien who every few seasons when you don't want to go through contract negotiations uh, regenerates and looks like a totally different person. So it's like, it stood to reason for a couple decades. They're like, well, why can't it ever be a woman? And they were like, yeah, you know, it's probably about time. And I think, I'm much more cynical. I don't think it was done for PC reasons. I think it was done for money. Mm -hmm. I think the bottom line is, look, we have all these nerd guys who watch, and we have some girls. Let's get a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why anything like this ever happens. But, uh, Drexel, you posted about this because you were like, I, I don't even understand all this. But then you got <laughs> caught up into the... I did. It was like a world... It was like a, a world... A nerd storm. <laughs> yeah. I was so, like, oh my wait, goodness. I've never seen Doctor Who. Okay, it's not... So I have no thing. idea what's it's, going it's on. It's not for most I people. I don't even watch the show. Yeah. That's and the best I, part and of I just... <clears throat> excuse me. I just posted because I was so confused yes. by the sexism that mm-hmm. was that I was reading on Twitter right. oh, because that I was people seeing were so mad about it. Because people were yes, so mad. And I was like making Jesus a woman. Right. And I was like... I don't even know what is happening right now. And I had a conversation. I'm wrapping up in two things because I, I had a conversation with, with a friend of mine the other day about Gamergate. Oh, yes. Right. And we were talking and, and, and just things that female gamers have to go through mm-hmm. and like why they don't speak out and, and everything yeah. that comes with that. And then I'm reading these comments about Doctor Who and I'm like, these are the same yeah. people. And and I was just th- as you were, you know, uh, giving us the lowdown on all that. I said, I wonder what would have happened if BBC was like Doctor Who's going to be a kid, Doctor Who's going to be like a Doogie Howser, like a young boy, well, like yeah. young, super young Doctor, and that's what he. I'll tell into. you what I expected was that Doctor Who would be black before he's a woman, and mostly because I just think it would have been Idris Elba. Exactly, and yeah. Idris Elba should be. He should also be he James be Bond. Every, right, 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 he should right. be everything. He should be yeah. Captain yeah. America. He should be. He could be he everybody. Be everybody. So wait, is his gender so important? Because I've never seen it's the show. So that's why I'm wondering, it's, like, what's the, it's important to what people. What does he do? Is he a super, he's he's superhero? Just think of him like a like a a, a magic superhero sort he is of a superhero. sci-fi. Right. Guy. It's the best. It's the best way to summarize it yeah. in limited time. Right. Think of him okay. like a superhero who can kind of fix anything. But the whole thing was just so confusing to me because, like, I was listening to some people say it was too PC, and I was like, "How can you be too PC?" Mm-hmm. I always find that when people say that things are too PC, that just means that they're terrible people. If yeah. you're saying that, yeah. oh, something's too PC, that just means that you can't say what you actually like want to say about something. Like we make Santa black. Right. right. Yeah. Or that's done for that Because as soon as, if Doctor Who had been black, people will still, people mm-hmm. would have had the same reaction. Oh, yeah. If James, when James Bond turns black, mm-hmm. people are going to have the same reaction. I think Idris is getting too old, so. But I, I mean, like, it could be anybody. Be I mean, if you saw the, I mean. I just had the com- I had a conversation about Doctor Who, and then the day, but the day before, I had a conversation about Will Smith as the genie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, the same amount yeah, of vitriol yeah, yeah. that, that has, was coming about. That has nothing to do with. It has uh, nothing to do, but it, it's like, is that conversation where you're like, there's a lot of people who just, if you're a minority, the chances of the hate coming at you, if you're a minority celebrity, the chance of the hate coming at you mm-hmm. is going to be ten times worse than it would be if it was yeah. like I mean, I could understand class. putting a, a Caucasian into a character that's supposed to maybe be ethnic. Like having Ryan Gosling playing Aladdin. I mean, I couldn't see that. No, I, I'm saying you I could understand the, that, hey, the backlash. I could understand them getting mad. I could see Ryan Gosling no. playing Aladdin. I could see the backlash, but I don't understand this. The woman who's playing Jasmine is Egyptian. 
I, I read that in an article. I, I so did it's, see that. Yeah, I, I, I'm more upset that it, it's Will Smith because I'm like, oh, wasn't that? Wait, is it? It's going Will to be Smith Will Smith is, is the genie. Yeah. The, the genie was oh. Robin Williams. Let's get I don't know. Let's get a comedian. Let's get somebody who's funny. But they Not think Will Smith. Will Smith is funny. Will Smith is right. a comedian, kind of. Well, I, I, I was definitely against Will Smith playing genie, but whatever. That was too, but that's for it, different. Yeah, it was but just anyway, like, so and you know we only have a couple minutes here, and and the reason why I wanted to kind of open well, we're talking about this because of the fact. That the Hillary Clinton you get elected? See, well, it, yeah. it does it does tie into that sort of thing. Yeah. What it ultimately comes Absolutely. down to is, I see this thing, and I'm going to say that for a lot of people, we're like, I don't like Trump, but the other choice is woman, mm-hmm. and I you see can Absolutely. obviously there's so many reasons to have not wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton. You're saying sexism is alive. I, I, th- well. I, I think that no matter where you look, we and, and but the reason why we're having the conversation is that and also because there were a lot of people that were like oh that couldn't possibly be an issue but as Drexel saw people get so upset and this is a this is a fictional character on a British TV show mm-hmm. this isn't even one of our shows mm-hmm. right. we're getting upset that something's happening in England and I know I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this from my far left wing of my fans which I don't have um, <laughs> the people are that, so excited in the chat that, that you're here you definitely uh, have fans that um <laughs> That the same conversation that I was seeing about the Doctor Who character reminded me a lot of the same conversations that I was seeing from the Bernie Bro wing of the right, primary. Yeah, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you people are the same. Yeah. And it's the same people watching this and right. saying this that are voting like this. And right so yeah. if somebody comes to me and says that, that sexism is not alive and well on the far left, they are they are smoking something. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to what we were kind of saying before about how the extreme left and extreme right sort of cross over because they have a lot of similarities. They are on birds those, of a on feather. Those, those extreme sides and absolutely and you're absolutely right when it comes to that and, and but I will say with Christian as I do believe it was more not so much cynical but it wasn't done as a PC but as a way to get attention and be like bring in more fans. Mm-hmm. Change and it have, up a bit. Right and like oh, now people are talking about it like we are and now we'll get more fans to watch it uh, because it's been around for a long time. Yeah and look. And it's here, the 13th Doctor Who so it, let's And here's like, the thing there have been, know, there's been a lot of female characters on the show but now the main mm-hmm. character is a female and that's something that can be uh, looked up to by not saying that you know your daughter Isabel is going to be watching it but they're at least now she, she is. No she might be more interested <laughs> you know because right. like oh that's a girl that, right. that's it interesting. represents me and yeah yeah. And uh, in the the final point before we wrap up, uh, I also uh, can see the sort of it's an exciting thing that there'd be a strong female role model because uh, my wife is expecting our second Whoa! child, yes! uh, a little girl, December nineteenth. Oh, so I've we've already decided her name will be Doctor. No, that's actually <laughs> not true. <laughs> true. So uh, I, so this story sort of coming uh, the same yeah. week where I'm at finally be able to start telling people. And I'm like, well, I guess the Spice Girls had it right. Hashtag girl power. Anyway, (laughs) we're out of time now for the Trump Report. Thanks so much to uh, everybody for joining us. Scott Moore at SMAN80. Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. Brooks Elise at Brooks Elise TV. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. Don't forget the show at Trump Report ABTV. Join us next week. Drexel might be be here. Brooke might be here. Scott and I will be here. We know Chelsea will be here. Let's try and squeeze five. Yeah. Anyway, thanks everybody who joined us in the chat. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.